Je prends le nom And then after feeding the seagulls, got back in the car with a flat battery. Oh, that's no good. Did you leave the heater on? No, no, no. No. No, we'll get to that. Welcome to the Ted Shed. Jason here, joining me as always. Glenn, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Good, good, good. Been a long time between drinks. This is the show where we talk about everything Springfield and beyond, and no topic is off limits. Did you get lost? Is that why you haven't been in for so long? <laughs> no. I mean, tell you what, anyone out there who's a regular listener go, where the fuck did these guys go? Yeah, we fell off the perch. <laughs> Well, it's just madness. I, tra- I travelled. Like, I mean, I travel all the time, but I think we did our last podcast, you dialed in remotely. Yeah, I something, can't something like that. And I came back from, I was in Melbourne at the time, I think we did that one. Then I had to go to Sydney, um, got laid over in Sydney, and then when I got back, I got sick. Yeah. Like, sick of, like, just in bed. COVID. Ignoring. No, it wasn't COVID, <laughs> um, but just ignoring the world. Like, I was just yeah. so sick. I was in bed. Yeah. Um, and then got better and went on a three-week road trip. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's been yeah, I don't know. It's been a couple of months. Five weeks? No, it's it been, lo- been no, really. I don't know. It's been a long time. Oh, gee. I think we've only done one since the school holidays nine weeks ago. Dang, maybe. Dang, it's like, and look, it's just, it's just it is it is what it is, right? Mm. When sickness gets in there, and then you know, oh, like yeah. unplanned, and yeah. and unfortunately too, we had some guests lined up who we had to cancel with. So now we're going back through, you know, trying to reschedule. And some of these mm-hmm. interviews with people, we've got to try and. Do on the you know like like a, a month or two months in advance yep. kind of thing. So yep. unfortunately, we've yeah some of the guests that we wanted to have on, um, we've now got to go back and, and work through schedules and, and get ourselves back on track. Sounds mm. like the dogs are going off outside. What the mate. bloody hell, mate? Like what the <laughs> fuck? We haven't heard the dogs for so long. The minute we turn the mics on, bastards yeah. are barking. Yeah, they're like you're back. They're excited. Oh, <laughs> fucking, I tell you. Anyway, he yeah. had his nuts chopped off since the last episode. Oh, really. Yeah, well, we don't want any more puppies. We finally got rid of the last lot. That's probably why he's barking. He's probably trying to tell you all out there that he's got his nuts chopped off. It was funny when I ring the vet. They're like, Springfield Vets. Yeah, yeah. they speaking. And I'm like, hey, how are you? She's like, yeah, good. And I was like, I sort of booked my dog in to get his nuts chopped off. She's like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> well, she goes, no, we don't actually cut their nuts off. They don't like, cut their nuts off anymore. What the fuck? No, no, they just... Yeah, they get spaded dis- like a human. Them. <laughs> yeah, well, they disconnect them. I've had mine disconnected. Right. But, um, yeah, I couldn't believe that. Because when he got him home, I was like, where's his nuts? They're still there. <laughs> couldn't believe it. Anyway, Huey's happy about it because he looks the same. <laughs> Bunny doesn't he want anything to do with wouldn't know any difference when you don't have, have yeah. a new litter on the way. No, well, he didn't have a cone on his head. for. He had a cone on his head for three days, so he didn't oh, right. want to go outside. He felt a bit embarrassed. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Anyway. Can you imagine if blokes <laughs> did the same? Yeah. Stick a, Glenn, we've got to stick a cone on you, mate. We're also going to stick some cones over your hands and wrists, right? So, <laughs> no, you've got to get rid of the semen out of your pipes, mate, when you actually get a vasectomy done. Is that right? They, yes, exactly. Or else that last bit in there can still impregnate your missus. Oh, Bad. There you go. Mm, there you go. So there's, there's a little fun fact for all the boys about to get vasectomies. That's the, the medical segment of the digit. What do you want? Speaking of medical segments. My kidneys are still hurting. I went on a boys' trip um, on a boat for three days with uh, a couple of the boys in the local area. Yeah, cruise. Yeah. Holy fucking demon. <laughs> I think I did $1,200 in alcohol in three days. Just oh. me. Did they offer a drinks package? Oh, they did, but we weren't smart enough for that. Right. Because you just so, got to wonder sometimes, you know, when they go, oh, a drinks package, you go, yeah, do you know what? I, drink that I, much? I don't know, 800 bucks for drinks. No way, but mm. it sounds like you could have mm. gone the drinks package. 100%. Oh. Yeah, we got on it. So, yeah, sore liver, sore kidneys, 
Really? Yeah. Saw asshole. No. No. <laughs> no. It wasn't that sort of boys trip. It was trip. a boys trip, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that was just a crazy. cruise? Just yeah, a, just a cruise. Three-day comedy cruise. Yep. Um, and there was some really funny comedians on there, and then yep. there were some really shit comedians on there. Yeah, a bit hit and miss. Yeah. One of the girls is um, Stav off B105. You know, Stav, Abby and fucking Gav or whatever it is on B105. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. his missus was on the ship. Right. Terrible. Terrible. Okay. But then there was this really cool guy. Um, he was a ventriloquist. He was really good. So yeah. I think the moment I were in talks with him maybe to try and get him at the gala. Oh, okay. At the gala dinner. He was that good. He yeah. was awesome. So I don't know whether that'll come off, but yeah, yeah. potentially. Mm. Wow. It, yeah. al- it always is the thing, right? It's hit and miss. And I mean, obviously different people have different humor, but. Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I know, right. What, but what can you do, right? Just get away funny. from the bar, get another drink. Yeah, I know. I walked on with my Jim Jeffrey shirt, so oh. I took my filters off for three days. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I got back, I had to try and put my filters back on because you know boys trips are boys trips, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. So it was, it was it was a good fun time. And um, what yeah. was the cruise line you went with? Uh, like PNO. PNO. Yeah. What were they like? Because I remember they've they're, they're older ships. I think they, had, they used to have the Pacific Dawn and stuff like. They've mm-hmm. been scrapped now, so their yep. fleet's been refreshed with yep. some some other ships. Mm. We oh, were on the. Uh, can't remember. I got too drunk. Right. Um, I don't, I don't know the name of. I don't know the name of our ship, but um, it was big, man. Yeah. So I think I had. Was it busy? Yeah, packed. Wow. Every room was full. Um, and cruising like it cost us two hundred and twenty dollars for three days. That included all your food. Two hang on, two hundred and twenty bucks. Yep, for, for three, three days. days. Yep. So is that two nights or three nights? Uh three nights, four days. Three nights, four days. Yeah, and included all your meals, all your food. Yeah. Right. So you could go to restaurants on there that were better quality. Yeah. That you can yeah, pay for, which we did a couple of times. But yeah. most the of the standard, time, the standard um, buffet meal or, or whatever that you get for yeah. breakfast and that, it's all yeah. inclusive. Yeah. Man, that's cheap. Yeah. But the thing is, you spend twelve hundred bucks on alcohol. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, but I, but mate, I tell you, like the cruise just, industry. So, well, I mean, like I said, like, I just went on on a, on a driving holiday. Mm. Or, you would have spent that one take of fuel. Well, I was going to say, I'll get to that, but I mean, one of the stops, like when we stopped down at Coffs Harbour, um, it's amazing that we went first week of Queensland school holidays, which was private, so public schools were still on at school. Yeah. Um, so anyway, really off peak, if you sort of consider it that way, it was 260 mm-hmm. for one night. Yeah. And and even when you go through like booking.com or these other places and look around, we got a two-bedroom apartment at um, Anuka Resort. Mm-hmm. Um, which is near the Big Banana. And it's actually a spacious two-storey villa kind of thing, right? Yeah. And and um, what was actually surprising is when you start searching, like, you know, you think, oh, maybe just like the old roadside motel, you know, yeah. with four beds in it or something. Yeah. Same sort of price. Yeah. So you're talking somewhere between 230 to to 260 a night mm-hmm. for four people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to, to get a cruise. Mm. Yeah, it's fun. Nights. So that yeah. was for you, though. Were you sharing the cabin with someone? Yeah. Right, yeah, so, so I was in with I was in, spe- I was in with special sauce, Big Papa's Pizza Man, Rami. Right. Yeah, yeah, we had a good time. Okay, so in that instance, then, so let's say it was it was probably like five hundred bucks for the yeah, whatever it was, five hundred bucks or whatever, four four forty, two people. I don't even know, but something that's like still that. Still right? inclusive of meals, and yeah, mate. What a deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good, especially anyone who's never cruised before. That's a great introduction, right? Yeah, and do you know the best things? No that? fucking phone reception. Yeah, no one can call grid. you. You're off grid. So yeah. good. But then your phone goes bananas when you get back. You think about the big banana. My phone was a fucking bigger <laughs> banana when I got back. Yeah. Um, as soon as you come into port, mate, and get, get service, the old uh, business catches up with you pretty off. quick. Wow. But, um, but yeah, yeah, really good. And um, Rami hadn't cruised before. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the other boys hadn't cruised before. And they're like, 
why haven't we done this before? You know what I mean? Like it was a really good, um, really good thing. And you think, oh, I think three days was enough, but for a boys trip, um, by the end of it, I was like, yeah, you know, it's probably time we get off this boat. But um, if you went with your family, and I wouldn't take kids under 10, do you know what I mean? Because it, it can be a bit sort of if it starts to get rocky or, you know, and the rails, mate, they're only probably 1.5 metres high. So yeah. if you've got a six-year-old kid that likes to climb, don't go on cruise ship. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but talk about fun. updates mm. like this. We haven't you know, been on the road and haven't taken this laptop. I've obviously just turned it on for the podcast. And that's what the sound was in the background. It's oh, doing updates. It's updating and itself. No, notifications. So I've just AI. shut down the system <laughs> channel so we don't hear it. But, uh, man. Yeah, so did you go like, and see the penguins? Hey? Did you go and see the penguins? No, I didn't, didn't get out to oh, um, Phillip Island. Phillip Island. But we did, look, we did an old school road trip, right? So normally when we travel, we fly. Mm. Um, and then this time we just thought, look, the, the original plan was my wife and I were going to drive to Melbourne. So we were going to do a straight drive, like yep. just maybe one stop over, just hit the road and get down to Melbourne and then the kids fly in. And I said, then that way, you know. Are we done. there yet? Are we there yet? Yeah, none of that, right? <laughs> and then so that, look, that's all done. We get there, they fly in. And then what yep. we've got is we've got a car in Melbourne for a week. So yep. we can go out to like Geelong, Great Ocean Road. Oh, yeah. Go, Did you, know, you do that? Uh, no. <laughs> Fuck, what did you do in Melbourne? No, we did. You go, get there, hurry no, up. No, no, hurry it was heaps. So we went skiing. We went up to Mount oh, Buller. Yeah. Yep. So that was like a three-hour drive up there and went up, up to the mountains and did some skiing. And but yep. yeah, just having the car there, you know, we did we did go out and, and catch up with family there. We had the car that allowed us to pretty much go wherever we wanted. Um, so yeah, but yeah, we went up to the, sco- uh, the snow, went to Buller, did some skiing there for a couple of days, drove back. Yeah, and nice. Around. And then so the plan from there was to then... Um, you know, basically we were going to cruise out through Gippsland where I used mm-hmm. to live in Sale, head out through there and then around the back of, um, I think, Kosciuszko through Perisher, in through Canberra, back into Sydney. Yeah. Um, and then, then what we ended up doing is, you know, because we'd sort of been out that way through the snow, we just turned around and, and just legged it straight back and we just got up to Sydney. We just drove straight mm-hmm. from Melbourne to Sydney after a yep. week in Melbourne. Up to Hume. Yeah. And then um, spent a week in Sydney. Um, yep. Same sort of thing there. Just, you know, drove around and went to like, talk about things that we got to. Like, we went to a, a Lions um, game at Marvel on yep. a Friday night. So In they Melbourne. played, played yep. St. Killer. Yeah. Yep. Then got to see Collingwood play Port Adelaide in a, in a thriller at the G on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was there. And then when we were in Sydney, uh, my son and I, ne- I'd never been they to They played the Adelaide too, not Port Adelaide. Just Port, to was Adelaide? Yeah, Adelaide. Yeah. Oh, anyway, two Adelaide doesn't teams. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, played yep. Adelaide. Yeah, um, and then yeah, in Sydney we um, none of the teams that we're following, but you know we'd never been to the SCG before, so we went and saw the Swans play. Yeah, that would have been fun. Um, it was a draw. Oh, was that the draw game? Was that against Richmond? Um, it's testing me now. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah I think it was fifty-four. And it was back and forth, and one mm. like it was hilarious. Like the crowd was on their feet. Swans player or something is you know running around on the wing, fifty open goal, bang straight into the post, and you're like, you're oh. kidding. So yeah, he that that point though mm. tied it up and it was it was a tie but yep. yeah um, shit ground yeah yep. so you know been there once ticked it off the list saying I've been to that you know yeah looked a bit his you know a bit of history there and knowing about the tests and yeah but mm, um, cricket's another uh, topical thing at the moment uh, isn't it yeah mm. yeah. yeah and, anyway, then, while we, and then while we're no, no, and then while we're there we um, my wife and I got out to Olympic Park and we watched the netball semi final oh yeah yep. um and then we cruised up we did a couple of days in Coffs Harbour on the way mm-hmm. home. Um, you know, we love spending time there. So yeah, did had a round of golf and a few oh, other did things. You? Yeah, oh, yeah nice. and then and then drove home. Um, yeah. Cool. And then here we are back in the shed. So back yeah, it was shed, just yeah. an old school like road trip. Mm. 
Um, and what was interesting though, because my daughter's got a license now, my son's on his um, learners. So they all, everyone had a turn at driving. Mm. Um, and Did they get to play the music that they wanted to while oh, they drove? Yeah, there was a bit of contention around that because, mm. you know, you can imagine the What did you play? Um, I don't know. I normally just put on like whatever, you know, yeah. sort of tune out. It's just background Black noise. Black Rebel Motorcycle s- Club or something. <laughs> yeah, that's actually <laughs> my um, But my son, yeah, my son puts on all this well, Drake and everything and Drake. everything it's about. But the, the lyrics are just horrendous, you know. The amount uh, of times I heard about hoes. Yep. There's um, a hole in know, this house. There's a hole in this uh, house. Have you heard that song? No, no. <laughs> hoes, niggers, you know, gangsters, like everything. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. I get, I get this artist, you know, there's certain ones out there, but I'm just listening to some of this shit and I'm just going, bloody hell. Bullshit like, artists. That's what they are. Oh, man. You know, and my <laughs> yeah, son no, goes, right. it's not about the lyrics, Dad. It's all about that, that bass hook. And I'm listening yeah. there going, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. no, you're learning to drive, mate. Turn it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to turn the music down so you can see where you're going when you're driving. You've got to concentrate, right? Yeah. You're not. Yeah. You're only on your learners. You're not out with your mates in the car and pumping the music. And you mm. know, yeah, there's a hole in the back. Oh no, that's Lexi. Don't say that, <laughs> Ethan. What did you say that for? <laughs> so there's, um, no, there's a bit of that. Joke, but yeah, we way, all took Lexi. we all took turns. And, and look, mm. it is a pretty good drive. When you head from you know Brisbane to Melbourne, it's pretty much dual carriage the whole way, 110 yeah. most of the way. Yep. Yep. Um, you obviously go through, I don't know, 12 or 14 sets of lights at Coffs Harbour because mm. the bypass that's, is being built now. Yep. Thank so, fuck for that, eh? So that's happening. Um, yeah, you get a little bit of a slowdown, I think, around one of the townships where you and the Speedway guys used to stop. Oh, Motto Farm. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah. town strip there, there's some yeah. roundabouts and lights yeah. and stuff. So that's yeah. about the yeah. only... New but then Castle. everything else is pretty mm. much straight through. Yeah. Um, yeah, tunnel out the back of Sydney, yep. bypass at the back of Paramount, shoot yep. off. So yep. On the way down, we stopped in Coffs for one night and then we stopped in Yass. Oh, yeah. Um, and when we got into Yass, it was dark, it was raining, uh, it was cold. And we just went to the motel, kind of thing, slept and got up in the next morning and I was like, oh, have a look around. And it was like, yeah, it was really, Yass is small, very small. One of these places that, you know, when you drive along on a highway, you see all these signs off to the side, this township touch, and it's like a one pub. Mm. Kind of town with a mm. motel, a service centre there, 24-hour service centre. Um, but we got up, it was about minus three. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a nice crisp morning. Got in the car and drove, drove to, to Melbourne. Melbourne. Mm. Mm. How far is Yass from Melbourne? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's about six hours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we went a little bit further south. So we sort of broke it up. For, it was about 18 hours of driving from Brisbane to Melbourne. Yeah. Yep. Um, so here to Coffs is four. Um, then Coffs to Yass was an eight-hour day. That's like a bigger one. We yep. sort of drove there. It's had some delays. There was an accident out the back of um, Sydney, sort of south of Sydney. Stayed in Yass and then, yeah, just a quick six-hour sprint down to, to Melbourne mm. from Yass. Yeah, nice. Um, but, yeah, it was good. You know, That's good. It, it was... It was comfortable. Everyone was happy. There was none of this. Because you know, the kids actually came down with us. Oh, that's yeah. what I didn't say. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because of the sickness in the house, you know, um, we, we actually went down a day later than we anticipated to do. And then because we weren't going to be there, we didn't fly the kids in. So we all just went, look, you know, everyone's sick. We don't know how we're going to go. Everyone was getting better. Yeah. And then we just held off until we were, like, we were all good to go. And it was like, yeah, we can, you know, and then manage it. Thankfully, by the time, you know, even after we stayed in cough, everyone was pretty healthy. Mm. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah, and we had a great holiday. But yeah, yeah um, just it's one of those things. I'd not done a road trip like that, obviously, since a kid. But um, when I met my wife years ago, we did a road trip up to Port Douglas. Mm-hmm. And we sort of drove four hours a day. We just, just you know, yep. on a map, went four hours, four hours, all the townships. Stayed, you know, went and drove two hours at the last bit. Mm-hmm. And then sort of, you know, hopped in all the gaps on the way back down. Oh, yeah, nice. Last time I'd done a, a road trip like that. Yep. Yeah, it's um, good. 
It's nice to get in the car. You forget what it's like. Mm. You know, like it's amazing that you can sit in a car driving on a dual carriage road and some of the time, this was the surprising thing, right? I envisage that oh, we'll go the dual carriage because there's going to be a lot of cars, but we can still overtake and whatnot. Yeah, it's safer. So, so many sections of road where we just have the road to ourselves. Mm. We could drive no lie for an hour, hour and a half and not see another vehicle wow. in front or behind us. Like On the main highway. Yep. Holy shit. Wow. I know. It was incredible. That's crazy, well, eh? certain parts, like when you hit, like we got up in the morning after coughs, and I think this was on a Monday or something like that, so it was on a weekday, but yeah, out of town, there's a few cars around, then everyone starts to gap, you know, you come out of that last roundabout, mm. and fast guys go off, rally. the slow ones come yep. off or whatever, and then all of a sudden you just look around and you're on a dual carriage highway on the adaptive cruise and just no one around. Nice. And just, just cruising. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's um, good. Yeah, it was great run. Yeah. yeah, good family time. Yeah. Mm, Griswolds. <laughs> yeah, we all got back we all survived no one died no um, one died you know, in sydney we you know my uh, daughter and i we went to the zoo oh it's good um, zoo eh? yeah did you go to the bird show no i missed that oh yeah um, good views what do you reckon that land's worth <clears throat> oh, oh, it's prime real estate isn't it fuck me yeah but we got to um went to the aquarium oh yeah um, i haven't done the aquarium which is darling harbour that wasn't yeah. too bad my um when i was at the footy with my son um, my wife and, and daughter, Lexi, went to the aquarium in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Didn't rate it. Yep. They just said, you know, most of it was TV screens. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, was, that's weird. And I think, I don't know if they're doing renovations in certain tanks, but it just, they said, totally underwhelming. Mm. So if you go to Melbourne, don't go to the Melbourne Aquarium. Yeah. I think the one in um, Malulba is much the same. It's a bit overrated. Yeah. Underwater World now called Sea Life. Yeah. I yeah, wouldn't, I I wouldn't see, waste Sea Life Aquarium in Sydney. Yeah. It was a pretty big one. Like, it was actually, it wasn't too bad in Sydney. Mm. Um, they do have an, an animal zoo there above, but it's yeah, you know, underrated. Go Good to, to see Tom Cruise. It was there. Actually, yeah. my hotel was about two blocks. Oh, we really? Were, we were just on the back of Darling Harbour there, so yep. where that premiere was was just down the street. Oh, you didn't, you didn't um, venture out? Get a Ted Shed scoop? No, no. no. no, no. It's just crazy. There's so much going on down in Sydney. I mean, we, we ducked into Luna Park, and, and that's changed. Like, Luna mm. Park doesn't do a per-ride ticket anymore. Oh. You go in and go, oh, God, kids just go on a couple of rides. We'll be at, no, $75. Oh, it's like a day pass. Right. You know, I'm kidding. Yeah. For what it's got there. No, nah, thank you. Turn around and walked out. We ended up walking yep. across the um, Sydney Harbour Bridge. Oh, that's cool. While we were over there, got up and just went for a walk across. That's a so. long bridge, hey? It's huge. Yeah, you don't realise. It's pretty amazing. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we did that and, yeah, you know, so checked out all the sites. And as I said, so, you know, went out to Manly and um, had fish and chips on the beach and stuff. Mm. Yeah, nice. So it was just, yeah, it was nice. I mean, it was one of those things. I mean, because I, I spent a lot of time in Sydney and Melbourne for work. You know, I was, yeah. a stint, I was down there for three weeks and then yeah. like come you home, turn around all. and go down there again. So, yeah. But it's familiar and, you know, having family down there and, and just, you know, at least going back with the family, even though for me it was pretty much the same old, same old. It's good to, yeah. just to, to get and check things out. And yeah, definitely. Look around. Good. Definitely. That's good. And did you notice like you were away for a fair while, you got back and none of the roadworks had changed oh around the area? <laughs> well, good old Springfield roadworks. How long do you reckon that one at the end of the centenary has been going? I don't know. It'd have to be over a year, right? You're just trying to egg me on to talk about roads. No, 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 no. I was thinking about it today. I thought, fuck me, how long have these guys been down here doing fucking one lane upgrade? And and the the extra lane was pretty much already there. I know. The shoulder was there. If you look what they've done, they've put a concrete, and this has only gone up since I've obviously been away, but I Mm. saw yesterday. Yeah, the new concrete barrier. The concrete barrier, which is dividing that. Yeah, that lane coming. It's not back. finished yet, so don't get too carried away. Oh, but no, but you know, yeah. you drive through. But yeah, look, good point. On the road for three weeks, and then while we were away, we got a, a you know a text message, or there was something on one of the social media platforms about the changes of all the roads around here mm. for the Ipswich City Council. Yep, shit show. 
Exactly. Well, I mean, look, it's been a joke for a long time, mm. but now, yeah, they've turned away. There's no right turn. Yeah, coming down past him. You've got to come down to my roundabout almost. Yeah, I know. Which is then going to stop the people coming off the highway. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be a And then one. coming off the highway, you're Wait, taking just... around a bit. You can't even go past, like, T-Sac and no. past the stadium and turn right into a So road. how do you get home now if you come off the highway? Well, I can take the first exit and then drive straight past him, Yumba. Because oh, that yeah, goes you can. up the hill. No, you can. You're right. Sorry, mate. My bad. My you, bad. You can't turn right. So the problem is, is, and this has always been a bugbear. I mean, our stage is stage two, that section of road between Himby Yumba and Coles. Yeah. That's stage two, but it's now last mm. because they're prioritising, you know, that other end up past yeah, yeah, O'Ryan yeah, yeah. And, and, and whatnot. Which not much has gone on up there either, no. to be honest. They've, <laughs> they've pulled a bit of the um, land away from opposite the car park. They take their time. Oh, um, mate. But, and, God, have you ever seen – you know what business we should go into? Fucking witch's hats. <laughs> there is a witch's hat like t- every 20 centimetres. Yeah. Oh, I kid I you not. It is almost like a, an artificial wall. Yeah. There's so many witch's hats. Yep, I know. You know, some Crazy. people obviously in four-wheel drives with big bull bars like to go. Oh, <laughs> if I was 20, mate, in a four-wheel drive, I'd be doing that tomorrow Yeah, in a shitbox. And the problem is, you know, we've always complained about, you know, and this is just my frustration that we've spoken about in the past. And it still happens even, even today. I went to Brighton Homes Arena with my son, you know, for a meet and greet. And that right turning lane up into oh, yeah, Eden yeah. Station Drive, yep. still only letting a couple of cars through at certain times a day. Yeah. So even with the you know the limited all the roadworks and everything else, the same thing is the way that they're bringing the traffic into that intersection. It only takes five or six cars mm. in the right yeah, lane block and it. blocks everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so and and the thing is now what's making that even worse is you don't really go straight ahead anymore because if you wanted to go to Orion, you would have gone turn straight right. ahead and turned right. You can't. So where do you want to turn now? Yeah, you turn up into right Eden there. Station mm. and then hook that left in the new road, right? So, yeah, which is finally open after six months. Exactly, right. But you just sort of sit back and go, the problem we have at Springfield and Chimera, uh, and first world problems for the listeners out there, but <laughs> the problem we have is we have a single <laughs> lane listeners. road and all of our services are on the other end of that. Like yeah. all of our services are in Springfield Lakes or Springfield yeah. Central. Right? Mm. So where we live, we've got the coals, but anything beyond that, we've got to go, like, Orion is our choice, etc. Yeah. So you go to the Red having, Bank Plaza. Hey? You go to the Red Bank Plaza. I'll go the other way. Maybe go down to Goodna. <laughs> um, yeah, the problem is, is that one lane that we used to be able to use and turn right at Himby Yumba to go, is now removed. So we've now, yeah, basically you say... Well, you've got to drive a kilometre out of your way, 500 up, round the roundabout, 500 yeah. back. And, and what makes it worse is, like you said, it's like 10 weeks like that or something? 12 weeks, yeah. So probably probably another 10 weeks. Well, school goes but back rain, rain pending. We've had oh, one yeah. day of rain, so yeah. it's probably going to put it back a month. But school goes back next week. I know. And here's know. the problem. What even even this week on school holidays, right? Good because luck. the highway is atrocious. We've spoken about this before. Because mm. the highway is atrocious, Springfield bound every afternoon. Oh, yeah. everyone rat yep. runs through Chimera. Yep. So the problem that we now have is for us to go to Orion, we've got to join that rat run queue, which is blocking all our streets, right? But the one of the options of all those people doing the rat run was to turn right and go down that road. Mm. They can't anymore. No, that's They're right. put into a detour. Out of their way. And now we have this thing where they've actually got to drive down to that roundabout near the highway, yep. which is the congestion, you know, like the congestion point of everyone coming off the highway. Oh, man, it's going to be nuts. Just, it's exactly. going to be nuts. Imagine when school goes back. Well, that's the thing. You're going to get cars queuing all the way up past Himby Yumba down through the roundabout, you get snake anyway. back around, yeah. but no, back to the, to the detour roundabout, which is under the train bridge pretty much, Yeah, right? It's going to snake around there. 
Then they've got to go all the way back down around and then all the way, and then that light you were talking about yep. that turns into, is going to control that entire thing. Correct. Which lets five cars through every two and minutes. A- anyone who mistakenly yeah. takes the road, like they used to come from Orion past, you know, was it Springfield, Greenbank Arterial towards him, but used to be able to turn right yep. and come over to Springfield Lakes. Well, that right turn's gone for them as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So we've got, got to turn, turn right now and go up Greenbank Arterial, which is a shit fight at any given yeah. time of the day. Yep. So, yeah, just avoid Orion. And just, well, just avoid the roads, people. Like, it is just yeah. – and it's so blasé. I mean, Paul Tully, I think, was quoted in, in this news article that I read about these changes going, oh, we'll monitor the situation. But what are you going to fucking do? Yeah, nothing. He can sit there and monitor all these likes. I don't know yeah. why there's so much bitumen in that section that they have laid. Yeah, it's a lot they, in the middle. They could have widened it. Mm. Right, and actually giving you a right turn lane. Like mm. one lane goes straight ahead and then actually just do a giveaway sign in mm. and allow people to, to turn right, you know, like old school. Yeah. But, yeah. but but whatever, people, yeah. and I know why they've done this because the new section's elevated. The old section is about half a metre lower and you can't obviously drive off a cliff. Yeah. So they've got to build that other side up now. But, man, what a balls up. Mm. Like, Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be a nightmare. Wait yeah. for school to go back, people, and uh, please comment on our page and tell us what you're thinking. <laughs> no, here's something better. <laughs> oh, yeah. try, try and get in contact with your local members, right? Let, <laughs> let them know. Don't let us yeah. know your frustration. Get on to Sharice. I had a dream about her the other it's night. Not, but that's that not weird. a state issue. No, it's not a state issue. No, no, Sharice has got nothing to do with that, bro. That's, that's cancelled. That's cancelled. Oh, right? So cancel that's our issue. two members. That's Nicole yeah. and Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, we haven't seen Paul for a while. <clears throat> Who? Paul. Yeah. <laughs> no, not <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um yeah, but definitely um, you know, it's 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 um it's a crazy situation that Springfielders find themselves in, you know, and um I don't think it's gonna get any better anytime soon. So and the same, you know, what are they gonna do? You know, let's talk roads for a bit, we haven't for a while. What are they gonna do on the other end of Springfield coming home in an afternoon? What's their solution there? We've got a one lane bridge that goes over well, that's um, a state government issue, right? Yeah, so well, that, so right. that there, yeah. And he, here's... But his, there's no planning. There's nothing currently... And how long state. did it take to get the other end done? Seven years, ten years? Well, I think I was in the paper eight years ago proposing go. the second lane, right? Yeah. And this so, is what I can't wait, because when they open that road, right, because the, the post is still there on Facebook, right? Like, yeah. social media doesn't forget. So when I posted that and then had the courier mail or someone write the story about, you know, an inter- and this was an interim solution almost ten years ago to say, mm. temporarily... Just let the left lane go left, which you can then put you on the Logan Motorway or towards and the right switch, lane and the right goes. can go to the city, right? Instead, yep. it just takes the merge out. Pick yep. a lane, go. It's a bit like it used to be, or still is, I guess, coming towards Springfield. Mm. Left lane goes off, right? But once upon a time, that used to work well. Now, the traffic's obviously heavier. Yeah, and people but, run down the left lane and dive in at the last yeah, minute, which right. makes a whole right right lane break. So I think that's going to happen at the other end still as well. Yeah, yeah. and look, and people yeah. people come onto that Centenary Highway off the Logan or whatever, or even mm. through, and they'll sit in the right lane for the whole three or four kilometres that road is, right? Yeah. Sit out there dawdling and, and whatever. This whole concept is almost like, oh, but I'm going straight ahead. And you go, yeah, but in five kilometres, mm. you know, get over Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a long time ago, and it's doing. You know, they're, they're doing the works there now, and as you said, it's been going it's take, for like it's a year, eight years. A year to resurface <laughs> a, a lane and put a barrier in. Mm. Um, but but that aside, yeah, the plan out this way, I think the longer term is a second bridge, right, and yep. then dual carriage will continue through. And you'll notice that if you go up towards the Bunnings, if you stay on the Centenary Highway towards yeah. Bunnings, that yep. bridge that goes over at the moment, yeah. Um, between you know Bunnings and up to Augustine mm-hmm. is is really wide. Right? There's yep. actually a barrier in the middle and there's the scope for that. So there is the room to carry the duplication but through. When's but when's that going to happen? Exactly. 
<laughs> because, mate, with the amount of people moving into White Rock now, mm-hmm. like we've gone past Spring Mountain, we're now into White Rock establishment. That's getting well, huge. Ripley's been there Ripley's for years huge. And ballistic, yeah. But White Rock, mate, White Rock's <laughs> going to be as big as Ripley. What I never understood, right? Remember when the Centenary Highway first opened out to um, Yamanto? Yeah. It was like a white elephant. Yeah. We still had single lane from Springfield down to the, you know, the Logo Motorway on mm-hmm. the Centenary. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. through Springfield was single lane and they've gone, let's expand yeah. three times the length of the road we have from Springfield to there. Let's make this road all the way out to Yamanto. Mm. And that started opening up, you know, alternate routes and all of these other suburbs. Definitely. Yeah. But, but our end of the road didn't get duplicated until no. much, much later. That's right. But yeah, we're in the scenario where once again the governments are delivering infrastructure well beyond the requirement of you know. So it's like, oh, we're going to release land, we're going to let Ripley, we're going to let. Well, they have to because we've got a fucking housing. I crisis. get that, right? Yeah. But you've got to be delivering the the transport infrastructure, the road networks, and that mm. at the same time. You can't go and say no. that we're going to put two hundred fifty thousand people in this corridor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the existing road is going to service it. Yeah. And now we've got the opposition saying that that's actually. Um, the government going out and spending a lot of money on infrastructure is actually hurting inflation. So the opposition's now saying, can you uh, stop spending money so our inflation calms down? So what's the argument to that? Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's a double-edged sword. Well, I think most of that inflation's at a federal level. Um, but look, the Queensland government, you know, we own our power assets and we get raped and pillaged from that. They've got this, um, you know, basically massive royalties on resources so like the yeah five times higher than everywhere else state government yeah state mm. government's making an absolute mozza from those yeah. have you like, heard the latest ads about that but well, just, well, just to the point is yeah so it's awesome that we've got all these cash windfalls and that so why is the money not being spent on delivering that infrastructure mm. yeah right i get unnecessary i mean well camps and all that waste and whatever but well, we're talking about releasing land um you know, and that's why I think COVID was a good thing. It's just so many people work from home, mm. right? And it's literally got to the point where you know, business has almost shifted to the point where, yeah. you know, like I don't commute anywhere Mate, anymore. if I was a big organisation, I'd be having share desks in the office. But could you imagine if everyone was commuting, mm. how much worse our roads would be? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's our saving grace at the moment. But yeah, like they've just got all of this windfall and cash and it's like, just turn around and... You know, just focus on delivering infrastructure because you've got. They've had a southeast Queensland regional growth plan for fifteen years. Mm. They know this stuff's coming. Every time yep. you hear a news article or you hear a politician, you know, when ABC came and did a broadcast out here, you know, Sharice and that's on there going, "Oh, this is a fantastic area. You know, we're mm. we're developing. We're going to have two hundred and fifty thousand families living in here in the next ten years." Yeah, awesome. So you're sprouting that stuff. So why yep. is your infrastructure plan not delivering it? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense that we do everything. And the council, you know, I'll reserve my comment. I won't say anything nasty, but the road infrastructure we have here at Springfield, like council at the moment, every time they run that press release, even the changes, they keep saying this is council's biggest road infrastructure project ever. Mm. I'm sitting going, fuck me, are you serious? Mm. We're talking about a stretch of road and we're just duplicating it. Yeah, probably the cost of it is the biggest ever. Yeah, yeah, and maybe yeah. prices go up. But I've got to sit there yeah. and think and go, Okay, so maybe, and this is the way, look, it, it might be biggest thing because council always throw everything off. We've talked about, I think, in the past when, you know, Aveo go and build that big retirement home place mm. there, the council will go, well, you're going to impact the local infrastructure, so you've got to do headworks. Yeah, 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 yeah. When people up on Springfield Parkway, they put in a new estate, the roundabout's yeah. duplicated and yeah. that's all done. That's all paid by developers, right? That's right. Springfield Parkway, look at the length of Sinathambi Boulevard mm. from 
where you start there at um, Bunnings. Yep. Go all the way down past the uni, all the way around up. That's longer than the stretch of road that they're duplicating. Mm, that's right. So that was put in four lanes by a developer, and then council is duplicating a short stretch of existing road, and that's council's biggest ever road infrastructure project. Mm. Yep. Just tells you that council don't do much in the way of roads or anything anymore. Yeah. And we've got thousands of kilometres of roads in our... Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, all right? your streets around here are all done by developers, right? Every yeah. every suburban street is a developer that de- builds those streets and then, you know, gifts them to the council. Yeah. So, yeah. look, what's, the, what's the, even the road, the one we talked about, like Sinneth Anby turns mm. into, you come across the bridge all the way through Augustine Heights. Yep. All the way past, yeah, like, Up to Redman Plains Road, That's pretty much. four lanes? Yeah. That goes all the way through. All the way through. And yep. then the small section of road that they're duplicating, basically mm. from Orion to Himbyumba and a couple, you know, like tails off the hill, and that's the mm. biggest infrastructure project ever. Mm. Crazy, eh? That just <laughs> makes you think, doesn't it? You just turn around and go, okay, I can understand why it is because they pass all of these other, you know, everything else has been, you know, basically coughed up by developers. Mm. That's exactly right. But then they sit there and take the cream from that. Yeah, it'll be at the ribbon cutting. Mm. So, yeah. Man, look, and it is. And look, we, you know, it's, it's just a double whammy as well. We've got all of the local roadworks here happening. You've got that centenary highway lane being added. So you, you're copying it from all ends at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah like my exactly. wife drove to, to Dara last night for netball. 15 minutes she sat there at a red light. Yeah. At the end there because they're doing night works. Yeah. So basically just held the traffic up for 15 minutes while they yeah, did Yeah, I think they're hanging signs. Right, is what they're doing. So they, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I think that's what they're up to now. But um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, on a lighter note, <laughs> <laughs> that's this week's traffic report. <laughs> yeah, pretty or much. Or do you buy Big Papa's pizza? <laughs> yeah, Big Papa's. <laughs> they're big and they're cheesy. Uh, special sauce. No. Oh, so um, cricket. You mentioned cricket. Oh before. yeah, Let's get on yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that? Eh? Do you reckon it's? Do you reckon it's unsportsmanlike behaviour? No, fuck off. Yeah, I agree, mate. I, I grew up right. For me, I played cricket for Bundalagua in Victoria. Um, you know, and I played quite competitively at different levels. I played baseball for Victoria. Yeah. Um, this, this whole concept of spirit of the game, you yep. know what? Every time I batted, like, and I played indoor cricket. I think we played indoor cricket together, right? Yeah. Same thing, right? There's no dead ball in indoor cricket and you're stealing runs and there's bloody stumpings and man cads and everything. Yeah. When I grew up playing... It's in the nuts. Remember Craig Crouch? <laughs> <laughs> G'day, Craig. Oh, oh, <laughs> um, yes, I, rem- sorry, I remember yeah. playing cricket Bundalagia. It's the principle of if you dance down the pitch and miss a ball, you're scraping to get that foot back, mm. right? You're doing everything in there. Like, yeah, a, yeah a you man, know the rules of the game. Was a, was a legal thing, you know, yep. getting stumped out until that umpire turns around and calls over. Ball, like you're there defending your crease. Yeah. Have and had he called going, over? This? Had he called no. over the umpire? No, no. no. If you right. watch the footage back, well, it was pretty clever because they've been watching him do it for, yeah, for yeah. You know, ball after ball. So as soon as the, the keeper received it, the keeper threw the ball. Yeah. So at that so point in time. So it's a live still. Correct. Right, because it literally, we're talking less than a second. It's hit his gloves and then he's thrown it forward. Yeah. So it's not like he's held it, stood and back, waited, yeah. and then the guy's walked out and he's gone. Like, he's literally received a delivery and in the same delivery he's thrown at the stumps for a run out or yep. a stumping. Right? Yeah. Now, what is funny about it is when he threw the ball, the batsman was still in his crease. Oh. But then the batsman then stepped out and while the ball was in flight, took the bales off and he was gone. Bad luck. You're done. Exactly. The ball's still live. Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. And everyone's having a hissy fit and all the people in the long room are carrying off and calling oh, Australia's Oh, you hear them all when they were walking back up? Unbelievable. Cheat, cheat, cheat. Yeah. And you go, what about, hang on. What about the catch? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, the day before. What's the difference if you take a catch in any game Fuck of cricket, you me. take it and then you turn around and you throw it up in the air. That's right. And then the ball hits the ground. You turn that's around right. and go, well, hang on. That's, that's but he's still in control of the ball when it hit the ground. Correct. It's like it? marking it and running it, like sliding along the ground, the ball touching the ground. It's still a mark. Yeah. No, he, he definitely definitely had the ball. He controlled then, that, mate. Look, and instead of what's his option? Curl up in a ball, drop yeah. down on the shoulders, bowl, and, you know, potential injury? No. Yeah, no, no. So no. the funny thing is, right, that I've just loved in the last few days, right, because we jump back on Twitter and, and you know, you can you see people's opinions and, you know, <laughs> rile up or trigger a few people on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Basto, like they've got all this video of him doing pretty much the same sort of thing because he's a keeper, right? So he's standing there. There's one clip of him. He's standing there behind a batsman. He's taken the, the delivery and he's just stood there with his hands at the bales waiting, right? And he's watching the batsman. And as soon as the batsman who had his front foot out, actually, you know, when you walk, you lifted lift one his foot, foot. He's lifted a foot to take a step. And then so he's basically poised there with the, with the ball in the glove. As soon as he took the step, he knocked the bales off. So out? he was actually was he stand- out? Yeah, he's gone. Oh. But, but Barstow was standing there for a period waiting. Of, of like five, six seconds and then gone, boom, and taking the bales off. And then was interviewed after saying, you know, blah, 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 like this. And then he just turns around and says, well, it's within the rules of the game. <laughs> so this is the same guy that's yeah. having a meltdown and, mm. you know, cracking a... You know, cracking the shits. Cracking the shits and, and everything else. shit, you go, your whinge and pom. This, this whole concept of spirit of the game, mm. it's like what we talk about road users, right? There's people who go, oh, yeah, look, you know, technically the person on the left at a set of lights, if they're crossing the line, it's not the car in front, they're crossing its butt, and then they use butt, but we think if they're in front, you should back off and let mm. them in. And you go, oh, mm. hang on, there's, there's the rule and there's what you think should happen. Yeah, and this the- is the same argument here where people are going, oh, man, CAD's not right. And you go, well, hang on, why should a batsman get an advantage or the runner mm. get an advantage by waltzing down the creek before the ball's delivered? That's right. You shouldn't get a two-metre lead That's and then right. go, oh, no, it's okay. Because when you're then going to try to go for a run out, he's already had a, you know. Two-metre head start. Two-metre head start. Yeah. And if you do that in indoor cricket... Right, oh, someone goes down, you take the bales, you're gone. Yeah. But it happens in international cricket and everyone has a, has a meltdown. Yeah. Well, if it wasn't a part of the rules, it wouldn't be in the rule book. And who wrote the rules? Mm. English cricket, yeah. yeah, right? Exactly. So, yeah, this mm. whole whole concept and spirit. and Look, it takes me back. I don't know if you saw the latest um, Formula One race. No, I haven't watched any Formula I, One, to be honest. Oh, it's been yeah. good, mate. You're missing out. Yeah, I don't know. It's too late, mate. I'm asleep by 8.30. It's okay. I just watch it ah, and catch fuck, up. Fuck, I don't got time for that. <coughs> anyway. Yeah. When you're on the job site, mate. Whip, whipping the staff. To <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're um, right. So the funny thing is, is like in Formula One for a long time, it's, it's funny, right? You could do, you could actually do the Springfield Roadworks on a Formula One track these days, or you know, not so long ago, because everybody drives off the track. Mm. You know, and Red Bull Ring is notorious for it. The last turn, I think it's turn nine, entry nine and out and 10, they literally run so wide that their right wheel is on the ripple strip and then the left is off on the, the runoff, right? So they're off the track. Literally yep. running wide down there, so you could dig up that whole part of the track eight meters wide and <laughs> because they're not using it, right? Yep. They're literally running wide. So anyway, in the last year, F one's been cracking down on it, and they're basically saying it's it's white line, which mm. has always been in the rule book, is the edge of the track. Yep, you must have at least one part of your vehicle on that. So now, when they run wide, they've still got to keep a tire on that line. If they run too far wide, you, can, you see a gap. You, know, you get three strikes, then you get shown a black and white flag, then you get a five-second penalty. Yep. I think the penalties or the, the track limit infringement at the last race at Red Bull Ring 
was, I think they said, was 1,200 and something infringements. Wow. Right. Nearly every driver. Every lap. No, well, nearly every driver copped a five-second penalty. Oh, wow. Right. Some drivers, and once you've done it, once you get another five, if you, you know, like that process, your count starts in you five seconds, Glenn, right, you've gone outside on that corner, gone outside on that corner too. There's three. You could potentially do, you know, three in one lap. Black and white flag, wow. right? and then five second penalty. So some people got one driver got a thirty seconds worth of penalties over the duration of the race. Jesus! And then even after the race was done, the officials were still going back through footage, and oh, then man. actually had to change the race results. And wow. I just said, and then once again, same argument. So many people going, this needs to change next yeah. year. They need to, you know, let the drivers do that. No, no, just don't yeah. drive off no, the no. track. Exactly. And I said, if that was a street circuit with a concrete wall they're, there, they're in the fence. You're a ripple strip and a concrete wall. Guess what? They're not yeah. running two meters wide off track, then, are they? That's exactly right. What do they do? They slow down and they stay on the track. Well, you stay within the track configuration and how the track should be raced. That's it. Could you imagine doing that in karting? Yeah. You imagine going down like you know through on the exit of turn one, you'd be so wide. Mm. Right, that you're you're basically off the track, running out there in the grass. Mm. Then in the next right hander, you know, you'd be off the track again. Like you'd yep. be lucky to be putting your outside wheel up on a yep. on a curb in a car. But these That's guys right. are fully off track. Wow, and I think yeah. a lot of it is because the modern tracks don't necessarily have gravel traps. You know, right outside the curve anymore. Mm. They've got thirty meters of bitumen. Yeah, you literally just go. Oh, run wide. I'll just stay on it. Keep my foot into it. Are the rubble strips aggressive? They are, but they've changed them as well because the curbs are – they are quite aggressive, but then they used to have what was called a um, – oh, what was it? Um, oh, look, the name's just – Rumble strip? No. No, that, well, that's pretty much the curb, but after that, I think they, like a sausage – a sausage? Um, oh, I don't know what that sausage is. Sausage chicane or something? Well, basically, okay. it's a much bigger, more aggressive thing that they would bolt down, right? So you've got right. your normal ripple strip, and then on the outside of that is a much larger – you think of them like um, speed bumps. Okay. Sit out there, right? But the problem was is so many drivers were hitting those and then breaking the Tearing carbon the car floors, yeah. breaking the car, exactly, mm. and they've now removed that. But by removing that, it gives mm. the drivers this option of, you know, of running wide and stuff. But well, They should just get a drive-through penalty instantly. Oh, man, look, it's just – I get – and here's, here's the other thing that was the stupid is the application of that rule. There was one driver who's gone up into turn three, and if you know Red Bull Ring – it's fast, uphill, really tight right-hander. He's gone up and the conditions are, you know, not favourable, a bit moist, you know, and he's locked up and skidded wide. Right, so then he's had to turn himself around. Did they give him a penalty? Still, no. got, still got identified for track limits because he no. left the tracks, even no. though he's probably lost three <laughs> seconds on that lap. No, that's they, not. They did. They still counted that as well, exceeding track limits. Again, the rule compared to spirit of the game. It just... But that's exactly that. But the application of that, you would go, hang on, yeah, there's no, no advantage. He's lost three seconds. He's actually re-entering the track because he's left the track. But the rule is if you leave the track, you get an infringement. Correct. And that's so that's the rule, not the spirit of the game. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I get it right. But but any, like you said, you and I would go, oh, whatever, he's just run wide. You know, he hasn't tried to get an advantage out of running wide. He's fucked up. Yeah. If he's like looped Play around, on. spun off the track yeah, and yeah, come yeah, back yeah. on, you'd be going, look, yeah. it's not like he's actually gained. He didn't intentionally do that for he's not a game. Improved his, he's not improved his sector time by running wide. He's not conserving so maybe, tires by running wide. But yeah. Maybe they <laughs> Just, need to put that in the rule. Mate. You know the, what I mean? The, the, I think the problem is with Formula One at the moment, since that whole Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen incident, you know, a few years ago in the way and Massey got, you know, booted, that they have this roving um, stewards now. 
mm. right? Race control of certain people. But the stewards at each race are inconsistent. They're different yep. people, right? So their interpretation or application and, and you know, dishing out yep. things is, is not consistent throughout a season. So you can imagine as a driver and a team going, well, hang on, but last week that What's was allowed, the but this week's this, week? this here, right? And, and now this guy's interpreting mm. this differently. Or yep. that one there, um, I think it was Lando Norris recently got – got a bad sportsmanship flag and a five-second penalty, which cost mm. him a couple of positions or something, for bad sportsmanship. Mm. Yeah. And he's just sitting there going, How, what, what did I do? And they go, well, you, you drove too slow underneath the safety car. Oh, my God. And it's just like going, what, you know, because what they're obviously alleging was because they want a double stack. If he slowed down a bit, his teammate who might be two cars in front can stop, get out of pit by the time he comes yep. back in, right? Yeah, well, it's so smart tactics. Him for him, but he's still... My understanding, he's driven within the Delta time. Mm. He's maintained, you know, like there's only so many car lengths that you or whatever. Yeah, but under two, a safety two car. Two car lengths or three car well, lengths back from the safety car. Yeah, but that's on a restart. But under a okay. safety car, if the safety car comes out and you're halfway around the track, you, you know, you're not formed up at that point. Mm. So, yeah, how do you determine? He's basically saying, look, I've slowed down under a full course yellow and under a safety car. Yeah. And you're saying that I've, I'm slowed down too much because I've been too safe? <laughs> like. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, it, it's always going to happen in any sport where there's, mm. you know, That's right. officials, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> it's eh? Just, but, yeah, Formula One's been pretty good. Look, the way that it's a bit like the old um, Lewis Hamilton era, Michael Schumacher era. At the moment, Max is just winning everything. Okay. You know, they had a sprint race because they got a sprint race formula. Yeah, oh, I right. Know you know See, I know one. none of this, man. Right. So six yeah. races a year. Mm. So what they do instead of doing the normal format of um, – of you know like practice one practice two on the friday and then practice three on the morning and then quali and then race um what they do is they basically have a practice one on a friday then they have a qualifying for a sunday okay then they have a shootout for the sprint race and then in the afternoon on saturday they have a sprint race like a hundred kilometer race instead of a 300 kilometer race yep um and then on the sunday they race the grand prix so they still have the normal grand prix they're just mixing the format up at six races so Yeah. Um, I think Monza is going to do it. But, yeah, Red Bull Ring, they just did this. And and within the the 100-kilometre race, like Max Verstappen was down. He's 21 seconds out, gone. Oh, Nigel Mansell days are back. Just gone. Well, there's no different, mm. you know, like it's the dominance there. So the way you watch F1, and in most years you do this when there's like, you know, I said when Lewis Hamilton was just winning everything, yep. is you just go, it's the best of the rest. Mm. Right? You just go, oh, yeah, Max is out front. Doesn't yep. even he's not even you know not doing anything for the sponsors because he's not even on the broadcast. Oh really? Just so far gone. Everyone's like, oh look, here's two cars you know battling, mm. and you actually might have someone like in third, fourth, fifth, and sixth all within a, a second battle. of each other overtaking, battling, and that's the great racing. Yeah. Um, the new cars do follow a lot better and stuff like that. Or they all get stuck in a DRS trait, which is yep. hilarious. You know, they're all each one of them is within a second of the other. So the guy in front's got his wing open, but the guy behind's also got his wing open. So nobody actually <laughs> uses the advantage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the best of the rest, right? It's really mm. about going, yeah, well, Max has really run away with this unless something happens to him. Yeah, it's, we're not going to see him. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. who's challenging up there. Like Aston Martin, you know, like Al- Alonso. He's, yeah, he's, 44 he's, years old or something, isn't he? He's been on pretty much <laughs> on the podium pretty much every race. Yeah. Like finishing second most, he's qualifying up on the front. Wow. There, like just... It's like Masters, Formula One Masters, isn't it? Damon Hill will be back next. It is. But you know what what it's funny is there's a few people, I mean, I just love seeing Piastri down the back, you know, like finishing second last and shit when his teammate Norris is up in fourth. Yeah, nice. You just go, yeah, sit back there, mate. 
Yeah, it's where you I'm belong. happy to be you know, the tall poppy cutter on that one. Mm. Um, Mark Webb is his manager. <clears throat> oh, that's mm. the young Australian kid, right? Yeah, it's the, the, the dealings with when he was at Alpine, they basically, you know, paid for him, developed him. Yeah. He was a reserve driver. And then when their driver left, which was Alonso, they've gone announcing, oh, we're going to give Piastri the mm. seat next year. And he came out and went, I'm not racing for you. And he'd already done a deal with McLaren. And wow. Got, uh, Ricardo got ousted as a result. Oh, nice yeah. guy. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, this, you know, it's just the ego, I think, and the, you know, the bravado of yep. this kid. I mean, you know, there's, there's certain ways you handle yourselves, but to burst on the F1 scene and, and basically, you know, publicly shame the people who have supported you and saying, mm. that's not the case, I'm not driving. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think um, McLaren was in part, you know, a little bit underhanded as well because they kept saying, you know, well, Daniel's got a you know, contract until the end of next year and no, nothing's – but the deal was already done. Yeah. Right, so just yeah. coming out and lying, yeah. you know, et cetera, yeah. like that, and then, yeah, you know, yeah. Once, once it happened. I think Dan's having a good time back at Red Bull, right? Mate, he's back in his element, isn't he? Yeah. And yeah. still even then, I mean, Formula One has always been a circus, but there's all rumours now, you know. There's yeah. basically saying Nick DeVeers is going to um, get booted from the Alpha Tauri seat. You know, there's a chance there that Daniel Ricciardo is going to go and drop in that because this guy, I think he won the Formula Two championship and then he jumped over and he won the um, the e-racing series. Okay. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. basically jumped in but has not really performed yeah. since coming over. So there's talk about that. You know, there's... Um, um, is Max Verstappen's teammate Sergio Perez is not like he's he's won a few races. He's second in the championship. He's just had a few shockers, like yep. not in making Q three in a number of events. Oh know, wow! And stuff like that. So there's talk going. Oh, you know, and Daniel's doing a you know a car test soon. So <laughs> there's all of this speculation. It'd be good you, to see him back in Red Bull with Max. Yeah, I don't think he'd challenge though. Nah. Max is in his own world. Any, anyone who's really... I mean, Daniel used to race with Max, right? And then he mm. yeah, thought yeah. that well, Max was getting all the preferences and jump. But yeah. nobody else who's been at Red Bull since has even come close. I mean, Sergio's out-qualified him and out-beating him in a few mm. races. Um, but, man, Max is just vicious. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah, German. Just, Schumacher. He would just... Yeah. He's, no, he's not German. He's, um, is he not German? No. He's... Um, where's he from? Oh, I thought he was German. I thought he had. I thought he had ties. No, to it's it's. Is he Dutch? Oh, is he Dutch? Mm. That's close enough, isn't it? <laughs> it's fucking up there. Talk with that weird accent they all do. It's in Europe somewhere. <laughs> um, no, it's quite interesting. Oh, there <laughs> you talk go. About, talk about mm. motorsport. Mm. Um, I'm reading a book I bought on um, Amazon. Oh yeah. Bought in from the US. Like, some stuff on Amazon is. You know, I wouldn't say it's the cheapest in there, but I tell you what, their delivery is incredible. Yep. If you're a prime member and order something, it's like next day delivery. Oh, I, wow. I ordered a book the other day when, when coming home, sitting in the car. It's coming from the US and it's, it's there today. What? Yeah, a couple of days from the US. Like they, what book one did you get? Do. It's called um, Indie Split. Oh, okay. So it's basically a history of the indie car you know, split between the, um, the IRL or yeah, um, US, car. USAC. Oh, USAC. No, this oh, goes, so back this, before then. This goes back to USAC. like the, the 30s, right? Yeah, so right. Yep, yep. The whole, and it made such a fascinating read. I can't put the book down. Mm. Um, it basically, because I was, you know, like anyone here in Australia, and most people in Australia, and you and I probably know IndyCar through the vein of the Gold Coast, right? Yep. When it came here in 91, mm. we saw them race. And then towards the end of that, there was the split between IndyCar and, yep. um, and Champ IRL. Car. Yeah. Oh, right? Was it Indian IRL or Indian Champ? Well, what happened is the – it's look, the brief history of it is this, is basically back in, I think, the 20s or 30s, Indianapolis Motor Speedway was built, right? Mm-hmm. And they were running um, – 
mostly their focus and their own interest was running a major event there, like the biggest motorsport spectacle in the world once a year. Right? Yep. And they didn't really give so much of a shit about all the peripheral races, right? But all the teams were going, well, you've got a month of May. Like even today, the month of May is all about Indianapolis, mm-hmm. right? They have carb days and, you know, trial days. They don't run it as a weekend. They run it over a month. Yeah. Like, you know, you qualify two weeks or something before yeah, you that's race, right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do a carb day on the Friday, Saturday yeah. off, and then you race the Sunday. So it's yeah. this big spectacle. So what happened is, is the long and short of it is all the teams were basically – going, oh, this is great, but what do we do for the rest of the year? Because they were running all these other events, right? And they're all sanctioned. So USAC was actually created by the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Mm. But USAC do, obviously, speedway, the midgets, and and they've got their feet in everything. Because the feeder category, the way that they were doing it back in the day, was you basically came up through speedway, dirt Dirt. track, and then you'd come up into... Well, Mario Andretti went that path. Correct. Yeah. So there was even times, and I had a look today, and I don't know if you did, you know there was a rear engine um, sprint car? Oh, no. Right, yeah. And these are the things that was amazing. So they were running. So people were actually taking the Indy cars, right, these Dan mm. Gurney-built things or whatever these things, and actually taking them over to Speedway. And mm. as, as the, the track bitumen racing was transitioning from these big front-engine cars to these smaller, faster turbocharged rear engines, well, people started doing that in dirt track. Oh, wow. And started winning. So, so then USAC went, no, we, they outlawed them. Yep. So you actually have a look. There's some photos mm-hmm. of the guys which look like a very traditional midget or yeah. sorry, traditional speed car with what looks like an Indy car with a roll hoop on it. Wow. Racing side by side as a rear engine. Wow. Yeah. Right. That's so really insane. interesting stuff. So anyway, USAC was, was doing stuff, but what was happening is a lot of the teams is, and the owners started to go to Pat Patrick. Mm-hmm. Um, he sort of got together and he wrote this seven-page letter out there you know, to the teams. Uh, this is after... I think this is into the 70s now. Yeah. Basically saying, look, this has been going on for so long. We get USAC, you know, basically does all the regulations and that, but they're not promoting. Mm-hmm. Right. So what we want is an organisation, and they started referencing Formula One. So Formula yep. One's got, had Bernie Eccleston mm-hmm. basically, you know, going out there and promoting and doing all these deals, right, promoting the sport, but the FIA still were the officials That's who right. ran the event. So he was in Australia, we had Supercar. Proposing the same thing here yeah. in yeah. IndyCar, where they're basically saying, USAC, you run and sanction the events, but let us go and do the mm. deals and return money from tickets and, and broadcast back to teams and that. And then the IRL, oh, sorry, not the IRL, but the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, IMS, who basically started USAC are all in bed together, went no, and basically just kept rejecting these offers mm-hmm. outright. So I got to the point then when the team owners, this was Penske, yep. Patrick, yep. went off and said, okay, we're doing our own thing. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. Right, but this was back in the 70s. And that's when Champ Car was born. No, no, this no. was in the 70s. Oh, okay. And it was Kart. Oh, Kart, yeah. Kart, Champion yeah. You know, champion Auto Racing. Team. I've still got an old jacket in there that says Kart. It says Kart, right. Yeah. So that, that was actually in the 70s. Wow. Now, that they ran a couple of years, I think the first year, and they kept having all these meetings, and every time they go into the meetings, they're basically just saying, look, why don't we just have a board? You have three members from um, USAC or Indian Motor Speedway, and we'll have three representatives from CART, and we'll work together on things. Because CART yep. kept doing, you know, they were playing all these you know, political games between saying, well, we're not going to let you run mm-hmm. at the Indy these 500. Tracks. yeah. No, the Indy 500, because you're not running at our other sanctioned events and stuff like that. But then the champ car teams are going... But hang on, you allowed the Indy 500, anyone to come in and qualify. Mm. Mm. So why are you excluding just us mm. and allowing others? <laughs> right? And then they're saying, but you're not sanctioned. And they're going, but mm. these other people that come yeah. in don't race any of your other races. No, they turn up once a year. 33 cars who can make the qualifying time or like, you know, you play for the top 33 spots and everyone else is out. Yep. 
So anyway, these things were ending up in court, and then the judge was oh, going, yeah, you know, yeah, you can, they can compete. And then they were changing pop off, you know, valves, yep. and pressures, and all of these regulations were changed. So anyway, this bit of fighting was going on for, for ages. And then I started getting to the – there was an era there that's also about the ownership, right? So the people who originally bought um, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway after World War I um, ran it for a period of time, right? And then when that guy died, there's a different management came in mm-hmm. and then that's when some of these issues – because he was pretty – the original owner was pretty happy to you know, let things go the way they were going and everyone seemed happy but then – once this new management came in, it yeah. all came about the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and then that's when the team owners like Penske and everything were going, hang on, yeah. we, we've got a prize pool here of you know $500,000 for this event, yet you're making $6 million on the takings at the gate. Mm. You know? And then they go and looked at another event and said, look, Formula One, for example, which might have been racing at Long Beach, would be taking $2 million at the door, but there was a million dollars in prize money. Yeah. And I go, you've got to give the money back to the teams. Absolutely, they, we're the show. Were, their costs were increasing. They are yeah. changing their technology and rebuilding cars. Yep. And the promoter was basically, you know, getting all the money. Yep. So anyway, a lot of that stuff was going on. And then it got the period in the, in the 70s when that just became the way that there seemed to be like a, an uneasy truce where CART, right, basically ran their 12 race series. Yep. And then, but they were allowed to go and race in Indianapolis. And that went on for quite a while. Then the person who was running that as the wife, I think it was a wife of um, of one of these guys. I'm trying to remember the name Hubbard or Hummel. Hummel. She then got ill and resigned. Right. So another guy came in. But anyway, there's a few deaths, a few changes like that. So then eventually, everyone was going right. Oh, the status quo is we'll run oval races. You know, we'll do like a, you know, a little series, and we'll do the Indy 500, and then. Cart was pretty much doing six ovals, I think, a year, including yeah. that, and the rest of them were street courses mm. around the world. That mm. stuff. And that was uneasy. Then what happened is this woman died, and then Tony George took over Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The first thing he came in, he goes, I don't like the direction, I don't like these agreements, we should be smaller cars, we should manufacture, should all be oval oh, racing, God. should be this, etc. And then there was that, that tension. There's like this uneasy truce for you know, 10 to 12 years, yep. and then he came in. And just smashed it. Well, and, you know, just yeah. sort of way he thought things should be done. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I'm up to in the book at the moment. Oh. But this is the era of then about 91 when we're still on the Gold Coast. So they okay. come out. So um, they had run a couple of races in Mexico. They'd yep. gone to Canada. They are doing yep. some stuff with Molson and Vancouver and the other Molson Indy, um, et cetera. And then they, and they, they came to Australia. Mm-hmm. And they started in that era. So I'm interested, intrigued now to know because obviously mm. what happened is a lot of teams – that were running, I'm trying to remember. So the first Gold Coast Indy race was in '91, yeah, and the last one I think was in 2007. Mm. Yeah, be right. around that. But yep. but in in that period to the later years, um, that's when Cart actually became Champ Car, mm-hmm. and a number of teams started withdrawing and going back and racing in the IRL, IRL. which is the Indy Racing League, right. which was set up then by the international. Are they? Um, um, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Oh, there you go, right. Yes, right. So basically mm. got to a point where some teams started to leave CART yeah. and go to, I remember that. back to this, yep, and then eventually then became, yeah, Champ Car here in Australia. Mm. Well, they're not in Australia, but they were racing Champ Car, yep. which was then just dwindling and then in the end something happened, legal um, fights and selling of assets for bankruptcy and then it all turned back to the US and yep. what we see now. But what was interesting, I think it's in 2019 – Right, and this is where it's such an intriguing story is that Roger Penske was one of those original breakaway guys with you know Patrick, 
yep. and stuff like that running that um, original um, in your uh, cart series, right? So then what happens is Roger Penske in um, yeah, 2019 bought the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Did he? IndyCar. Oh, wow. And, and the associated things like that, and he now runs the lot. Does he really? Mm-hmm. Holy yeah. shit, I didn't know he was that rich. No, that's exactly what he's done. So, so wow. IndyCar now, the NTT IndyCar series... Right, is, is, now, is now basically run, and the Indianapolis and Indy 500 and everything's all Roger Penske. So McLaughlin's definitely got a good seat. <laughs> well, see, so that was the thing. Like, Penske started, they came out here into supercars, and Dreddy yeah. came out here into supercars. Yeah. Right? They're in, in a lot right. of things. But mm. the, the thing that they're saying is that the problem is because they literally had from 1940 through to like 2000, you know, in the, the 2000s, so much political infighting between who was sanctioning races mm. and who was this. And AJ Foyt went over to to cart um, yeah, at one stage and yep. felt like he wasn't being listened to or being screwed over. So he went and then sided back with it. Like it was all of this stuff. And then it seems like he got screwed over by the Indianapolis Motor Speedway as well because he was yep. putting up proposals, trying to do deals and Man, there's so much of this stuff going on, all right? And, and we as fans would go, there's a race on the Gold Coast every year yeah. and the cars are running here and then all of a sudden it stops. Yeah, it did stop overnight. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And that's a little bit when you go back and read this story, mm. you just go, oh, my God. And the thing that they've lost out is they had, even back in the 90s when, like, that was in its heyday. That's, I think, when IndyCar was at its best. They were here on the Gold Coast. They were racing in Canada. Yeah, they were they worldwide. Were it was them racing in Formula in 1. Racing in Twin Ring Motegi. Yeah. And they were getting thousands of people. Like, it was at its peak. You know, you had Nigel Mansell, your Emerson yeah, Fittipaldi. that's right. Mansell ran, yeah, yeah. Mansell ran, right. You know, you had your MOs there. You had mm-hmm. yeah, Andretti's Paul Tracy, Greg mm-hmm. Moore. Yep. Um, you yep. know, Eddie Cheevers. Uh, yep. And even then through, Helio Castro-Nevis. Yeah. You know, the list just uh, goes Sebastian Bourdais. On. Yeah, heaps, right? Mm-hmm. Heaps of yep. drivers through yep. there. Yep. And then, but it's nothing today. Mm. The IndyCar series races at, you know, like some of the tracks that they were racing at, like Elkhart Lake, they used to go to Laguna Seca. But it's just a skeleton of what it was back in the 90s. Mm. Now, whether Roger Penske can bring it back to what it was. Yeah. You know, but a lot of it seemed to be some people wanted it to be control car. Some people were wanting it to be innovation and follow, you know, because it was things like um, sequential gearboxes and that. Um it was almost a decade after Formula One introduced that, and most other categories had before IndyCar allowed that yeah. technology. But that's that's um, USAC <clears throat> influence. Trying but, to maintain. Yeah, they wanted to be. Well, you look like at speedway cars, school. mate. They yeah. haven't changed in forty years. A yeah. midget forty years ago looks like a midget you drive it today. Just the engine components have changed, and and that seemed to be the big theme that I'm reading in the book. Is there was the people who, it's almost like they didn't look outside of their mm. own sport. Amish. Right? Amish. 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 Yeah, like Amish. Form, Formula Amish. One. You know, Formula One. Because did you know like Brabham? Yeah. Um, Sir Jackie Stewart. Um, there's, there's even more. There's heaps of people who actually ran in Indy. Indy yeah. 500, right? Yeah, they yeah. were jumping between. Yeah. And what they were doing though is like, yeah, through Europe, they would have been transitioning from these big front engine heavy cars to independent you know, rear Mm-hmm. Rear engine cars and everything else like that, but IndyCar just kept running this forty-year-old, you know, big, yep. you know, engine up the front. And every time someone else, because there was all these, you know, people came in with a turbine car, yeah, um, and all these other things, and then they were just like, "Oh, we'll ban that. We'll yeah. stop that. Yeah. We won't allow that." Yeah, you know, because what would happen is that innovation would come into the sport, 
and all the mainstay would get flogged. Mm -hmm. So they're kicking all the new technology out and the sport just wasn't progressing. That's right. Yep. Yep. Hillbilly (laughs) racing. (coughs) Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that, and that's exactly where Speedway has stayed. Speedway hasn't changed, mate. Like, yeah, technology and motors has changed. um, (laughs) But if you look at a sprint car or a midget or, you know, an open wheeler, um, man, it's very tractor-like. Yeah. It's very tractor-like. So and could it's you go buy the, a, like a five-year-old or a ten-year-old Absolutely. Car and, Chassis and, and go and race and be up the warm. The car I drove in 2020, which was the yellow one, mm. that was a 2010 chassis. That was ten-year-old. Yeah. Not much changes, man. Yeah. It, your suspension changes, there's upgrades there. Yeah. But the actual configuration of the car, man, pickup points don't same. change that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? We might, we might, you know, slightly angle the motor at two degrees to give us more downward pressure to the rear, but very, very, not many things change. But And here's, here's the strange thing. So there's also comparisons between, and I think this is part of it, right? Because NASCAR mm. was owned by a family, right? So the um, Daytona International Speedway was built by that family. Right. They then went on and built Talladega. Mm-hmm. They basically became like this monopoly of building these, you know, super speedways yep. and then running. But so they would quash anyone. If somebody said, look, we're not going to race here, they just go, fine. Yeah, cool. Go right, do teams try to get together, they'd still run the event. They were just very much like, don't give a shit. Right? Yeah. Yep. So what I think was happening is is the owner of um, the um, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, um, this Tony George or whatever was in with this guy called, I think the family name was Prince of IndyCar, uh, of NASCAR. Yeah, right. And there was a lot of, this is how you should do it, right? These teams that want to go, don't, you know, crush them, don't let them run, do this, all of this kind yeah. of stuff. Like to, yeah. But the problem with that is, is, you know, what people from what I'm reading on the cart side and champ car side was the sports for the fans. We're an entertainment group. We want to provide entertainment. Mm-hmm. But the people that owned like Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and own or started USAC and everything else. Just wanted full control, wanted to do it their way, and they were the ones yeah. making all the money. Yeah, of course. It's a business. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a business see, that other people's where the expenses. Is. Exactly. Yeah, that's the, right. The people that are putting the money in the car, once that those rear-engine yep. rear cars came in and the technology changed and aerodynamics came in and mm. those teams were funding all of that yeah. through the whole period, their prize money wasn't going up. So they, they said, yeah. like, oh, we used to run a car for 200000 then it was a million, then it was $2 million. And but nothing was changing yeah. within their sport, and they're going. None of us are making money here, so you can totally see why they were trying to get to where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just seems like I mean, I, and the book is really trying, I guess, trying to be neutral and just report the facts. Mm. Or just when you read it, you just go, yeah. that whole family, that Hummel George family, yeah, were just just pricks. They mm. didn't listen to anyone. They had control of everything. Ran a cult. Yeah, and it was you know, and I can see why people wanted to break away and do their own thing. You know, they yeah. wanted they wanted to be successful, and they tried to go. Well, this is what Formula One's done, mm. and Formula One's got you know, press. But but the thing is, even though NASCAR was family owned, they were still developing. Like their cars changed. They went from these you know production cars to mm. to this, you know like basically what we'd have in V eight supercars. We talk well, about like a Gen one, Gen two. They Gen took 3 a similar spec. path, really, didn't they? We started in production cars mm-hmm. as supercars, and then so did NASCAR. They started as um, as normal production cars on the on the racetrack. You know, back in the Hudson Hawk, you know Hudson yeah, yeah. Lightning McQueen era, Lightning McQueen era, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the Hudson Hornet. Yeah, they were just road cars. Correct. You know, and, and but, much like what we ran at Bathurst. But they got media savvy, right? They engaged mm. with the media. They got engaged with the product. They developed. Yeah. Whereas Indianapolis was sort of doing the same thing, but 
I guess NASCAR was running a series, whereas Indianapolis was only really focused on Indianapolis. And this Mm. is what I got from the book is that that all the promotion and everything was around Indianapolis, but Mm. they had like eight other races in the year. Yeah. But the promotion of that was the track people. Mm -hmm. The track people were getting the money, not the people doing the show, right? And then it was still sanctioned, although they were sanctioned and run by USAC, but there was no promo of those things. It wasn't promoted as a series. It was like we have the Indy 500, everything focused around the Indy 500. Yeah. Biggest motorsport race in the world. Yeah. And then... What happens after that day? Who cares? Exactly. We'll we'll see you next year. Exactly. Yeah, and sad. And then as soon as somebody starts to go, well, we want an organised 12 race series where Indianapolis is a part of that, Mm. yeah, the establishment lost their shit. Mm, like, intriguing times, book. Eh? like actually yeah. intriguing there's so mm. much uh, i mean because like we're talking like even the 91 yeah was the first race on the gold coast right that's right so we're talking like that's there's not many i mean you no know, you and i would have been there and there's a lot but a lot, a lot of younger people probably wouldn't remember mm. you know like going going to those events and stuff like that. That's it's right. really like it's an older generation now. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Well, now what have you got, V8 Supercar? What do you have in Australia, mate, really? Yeah. V8 that, Supercar? That open, I mean, yeah, so we're talking 30 years ago for 30 that years? event. Yeah, 32 it, it, years it, it ago. It ran, I think, yeah, like I said, 2007. Then they tried A1. That's right. Yeah. Ash Walsh drove that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. That, that obviously went defunct and all the cars were locked up in a shed. And then, but because the V8 supercars had been going to that track as a support category yep. for IndyCar for years, right? It was, I think it was very easy then just to go, look, well, the track's here, let's turn it into a you know, V8 supercar round. Yeah, but they but, shortened the track. Well, they I, did shorten the track. They have changed it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the setup cost was huge. Yeah, and you can't run down to what used to be the A&A because the tram tracks are there now. Well, that's right, yeah. Whole, you, you couldn't go back to that. But yeah, it was... Do you think it's losing its bite, Gold Coast, like? I Who think, goes there to watch V8 Supercar? Mate, I think V... I like, wouldn't go. I think V8 Supercars in general. I have zero mm. interest in that. The only thing I watch is Bathurst. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably just and because that's what we've done for years. It's, yeah, it's just yeah. the history I don't, I don't watch Bathurst. I don't watch V8 Supercar at all. No. I, I'd sooner watch <clears throat> um, Speedway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know, it was something that actually has some excitement. You know, like look at the Giz, mate. He's gone over and kicked their ass in NASCAR. Mm. But then he hops into a midget or a sprint car and he's just as fast. So he's just so gifted. He wants to race midgets, but he's not allowed to with his contract because they're so fucking dangerous. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he can drive anything. So for him to go over there to Chicago and I think Paul Morris had something to do with that deal. Is that right? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Maybe wrong. Um, But yeah, yeah, basically went over there. Paul's got contacts everywhere, right? And well, he's that's obviously, right. you know, race sprint cars as well. And, yep, yep. And other yep. things. But, like, yeah, V8 supercars, it's just a yawn fest. Yeah. Just sitting there, there's nothing in that series where I turn around, and, like I said, and, and Bathurst, you're right, is probably a cultural thing. Watched it. It's cultural. Back in the days when there was bloody, you know, minis and yeah, I don't two w- four-cylinder, you know, bloody. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there's Walmart racing around there, there you'd was, watch it. There was, you know, or, yep. or like Godzilla. Yeah, remember yeah, that? Yeah, 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 you pack of had... assholes. <laughs> Jim Richards, remember? Yeah, yeah. and you had yeah. the... Um, Sierras? Yeah, I was going to say the... The, 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 um, the Ford Sierra, Ford mate. Sierra, that, that thing was a around. weapon, the Cosworth in it. Yeah. Absolutely, There's right? something like... And even if you go... I mean, 
I haven't you know followed the history that much, but if you go back and look at even from my memory, I remember Bathurst. You'd have like Brocky would start off in his car, but you know, would break down. He'd pull mm. the teammate in in the other car, jump in it, and go on to win the race and claim. Yeah, claim. Just yeah. Going, oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. You're out, bud. Get out. Oh no, <laughs> exactly. we're three laps in front. No, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, Get out. It doesn't happen like that yeah. now. Uh, yeah, no, that's exactly right. So it's business, and that's the problem with this grassroots. Well, not the problem, but the the progression of that sport through media, through business, through you know sponsorships getting involved. Yeah. There's there's no more, oh, it's all right, just let Brocky win the race in another car. doesn't happen. Yeah. But, you know the, I mean? but the cars, I mean, the cars, are, I think they're on their third gen now, isn't third it? The gen, gen, yeah. gen 3 thing mm. where it's, you know, most I'm surprised they're still going, mate, to be honest. Well, it's not really a hold. Well, it's, yeah, Holden's gone, right? So now it's, what, um, Chevy versus Chevy, which Ford. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, we all know that there's a space frame driver in the middle kind of thing. Dude, you know, they're pretty much everything, everything is the same except the badge on the front and the yeah. shape. But, but I, I can't say that, you know, like if, if you do see – anything in like a like a replay of something or just like i think they lost me years ago when they were um it got to a point where if you touched another car you know like once again officials you know screwing things up it was a case of oh you've just you've touched him in the back and then therefore that's a penalty or this guy was up here and then like you're just going yeah everyone was afraid to race yeah I'm just going to sit here and bide my time, try and pass him in the pits because yeah. if I go up the inside here, I'm going to get a penalty. We make contact. I'll if be, I touch yep. him from behind, it's a penalty. If I yep. do this, it's a penalty. Like you're just yep. going, man. You know, I remember yep. cars leaning on each other through turns and stuff mm, like that. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And people fighting hard, but yeah, it just got to a point. I think there was just if you touch him, it's like, well, it's money. It's yeah, money, I get right? it, and I know. Look, and, and look, rightly so. I have seen cars destroyed by other people, you know, hitting them, and you turn around mm. and go, "There's a half a million dollars gone." Yeah, that's right. It's all about money. It's I get it's it. No but, different to an AFL player getting knocked out by a swinging arm. Yeah, of course they're going to penalise that bloke. And but as a out. fan, it's like you're just going, "That's not exciting." Mm. Do you know what's not exciting as well? NRL. Did I tell you I went to a game? Oh, really? I went to watch the top of the table clash: Brisbane Broncos versus Penrith Panthers. Right. What a fucking yawn fest. Yeah. That game shit. Honestly, have you been to an no, NRL game? I, I, mate, mate, same thing. I have zero interest in NRL. The only thing I'd watch is the State of Origin. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, then, it's a cultural thing. Yeah. But, mate, we went and watched this game. And like, Chris, not going to watch the third. Like, yeah, no, no, Okay, no. Queensland won. <laughs> Whatever. Done. Yeah. And so we're there watching this game. And, mate, again, you've got all these betting apps. You've got all these, you know, right? Yeah. But this is now controlling the game and controlling the umpire's decision to a point where the umpire doesn't want to make a decision. Everything gets referred he, upstairs. Mate, it can be a fucking clear try. Crowd celebrates, they do a dance, yeah, then they go upstairs. Nah, sorry, mate, that's not a try because in the fifth frame of the third section of the two, you, you've, you've got a finger nail on the ground. What they the appealed, fuck? They appealed a decision for an infringement or something. Yeah. And they turned around and go, no, no, there's nothing there. But because he was reviewing it. Yeah. He'd he found something else. something else get and then fucked. turn around. I'm going, nah. well, you don't get to review everything else. If you've called up, you say, that's what you want reviewed. Mm-hmm. The thing that I've never understood oh. with NRL, right, is I watch half of these plays. I mean, the scrums are a joke. Yeah. Just throw it straight back through the, or the yeah, locks. Yeah, put leg. it through the legs, yeah. Is it the hooker? Oh, the back, yeah, whatever. Straight out the back. Like, why even do it? Yep. Um, the other thing that doesn't make sense to me is, like, the amount of forward passes. Mm-hmm. Right, and they go, oh, but it travelled forward in the momentum of the ball. All I do yeah. when I watch like, like the State of Origin, right, you go, there's lines on the field. Right? Yeah. They're pretty clear cut every 10 metres. You see a guy who's standing on a line who's sideways and offloads a ball. Yeah. Now, in my mind, the person catches that, 
if that in front of that is, line, in front of that line, that's a forward pass. But they say momentum. No. So what happens is, yeah, the guy throws it at the line. He yeah. runs forward five meters while the other guy's throwing. So the guy actually catches it. Yeah. Two meters forward of where it was thrown. Yes. But because the throwers run forward, they go, oh no, everything's traveled forward in the momentum of the play. I go, it's yeah. a forward pass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a hard one, you're that forward, one. Yep. You've yep. actually moved the ball forward. Mm. The fact that you then continue running on, because if right. he stood, here's my argument to it. So if it was like a tap, right, you know, where you get to tap, and then if, if that same play happened when he wasn't moving, i.e. he's turned and then offloaded there and the guy's taken the metre in front. That's a forward pass. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know. Fucking right. stupid game, and I just sit there and I just go, <laughs> oh, my God, this guy has literally offloaded a ball out to a winger. He's mm. on a line with intent to go. The winger's caught it between the two, so five metres yeah. forward, yeah. runs around and puts it in the corner and they go, yep, yeah, that's a try. And yeah, I'm going, yeah, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Why not just allow the ball to be thrown forward? Yeah, <laughs> like just, I know. I know, know. know. As long as you're on side at the start of it, fucking run they're, down field and we'll do a bit of gridiron. They're not throw smart enough for that, those just, NRL players, unfortunately. Yeah. But see, once again, that's an officialdom kind of sport mm. where so many times now it's refer, refer yep. that decision. Well, that's know, because there's money involved, mate. can't see that, you know. Yep. yep, that's exactly right. And <laughs> it, it takes the element. They might as well not even have a referee on the ground. They might as well just do it from fucking drones. Yeah, but AFL's a bit the same too. In like, how many umpires do you have on the ground? Four? Oh, four, four field umpires, four, four, four boundary, boundary umpires, and two, and goal, two umpires. goal umpires. <laughs> Fuck right. me. And the I amount know. of time I've seen some, I've been to a lot of AFL lately, where on the ground, you watch a guy who's closest to the play, he's got his whistle in his hand, but he won't blow yeah. it. He looks over to his colleague who's yeah. 40 metres away, yeah. as if to go, do you want to make that call? Yeah. And they're like looking at each other and they're sort of holding the whistle and then they like, oh, and I play on or whatever. And you're going, mate, call it. You're the controlling umpire. Yeah. If you're the controlling umpire, you call it. Correct. Simple. And if you've got a controlling umpire there, why is the guy from 30 meters away overruling or blowing a whistle for something yeah. else? Because they're looking at it at a different angle. So we, that guy 30 <laughs> meters away might see a high tackle that the guy behind him didn't see. So there's an overrule rule in the umpire's rules. Yeah, but you can you see where that can be confusing for oh, a player? Like the controlling umpire's gone, or oh, play on, so yeah. you play on, play on. No, and bring then the other guy's oh, called no. it back, and I because know. you've played on or something, they're yeah. going, well, you know. But we're not upstairs every decision. Only for goals. Yes. And, and, <laughs> Most but that's goals not are now. that. It doesn't happen that often, but. Really? Like, I've made, seen a heap of man. Yeah, heaps. Yeah. What, where, the, where the goal umpire goes, I don't want to make this call. He goes, called. Yeah, he'll go, he'll you make hear the a conversation. Call. He goes, I believe it's a goal, but I don't know if it was touched. I don't know if it hit the post. I don't know, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he's basically saying, well, this is what I think it is, but can I go get a review? Yeah, right. And then they throw it upstairs, <clears> you know, like, yeah. It was but how often would that happen in a game, do you reckon? I'll, I'll, oh, mate, a couple of times a game now. Yeah. Yeah, right. okay. Because it's get, money again, right? And I, I get, well, I mean, look, yeah. I, I can understand that what we're trying to do or what they're trying to do is go, Look, in a tight situation, there's a meme going around or a story going around at the moment. There was a goal that was kicked after the siren. Oh, is this the Essendon one? I think so, and everyone's in the goal screen. You see the poor old umpire, umpire in the middle of it. He's standing yeah. there trying to watch it. He's got like yeah. six guys almost like trying to go Speck for speckies on yeah, top yeah, yeah. of him, yeah. right? And now in that yeah. situation, you go, that, yeah. that was the result of the game, right? Yeah. Whereas they were behind, he's kicked it, a heap of people gone up. There was clearly a touch. So the question was... Was, was it that, touched over the line pre, or on the prior, line? And the yeah. poor old umpire in that scenario had seven players yeah. literally around know, him up there. Can't see. Yeah. <laughs> so, but back so, in the old days, it would have just made a call. Oh, no. Right, so wrong, in, that, in that scenario, that, yeah. that's, that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he couldn't see. But there's so many other times where he's sitting there, you see them, they're looking at it, they've got a great position. 
and then they, oh, what happened? They I just, blinked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can, can, can we just refer that? Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, it goes upstairs, and yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Mm. Uh, look, technology's somewhat, I guess, aiding, but at the same time, you don't want to rely on it too no, much. No, that's too. right. Exactly. Um, anyway, mate, look, lots yeah. of um, great topics of discussion. <laughs> We've sort of gone motorsport route again. Yeah, that's right. A little right. bit of AFL, a little bit of holidays. Man. It's good. It's footy. It I good. love footy. It's footy season. It is good. And I think I think AFL is going to take over rugby league very soon. I think it already has. Well, in other parts, not Queensland yet, but I think it's very close. Well, just in closing, then, have you seen? Like, there's a couple of things that just don't make sense to me. I don't know why, but the um, Dolphins played the Broncos at the Gabba recently. Oh, that's because Suncorp was getting regrassed for the women's FIFA footy, right? Yes, and the state of first state of origin game was played in Adelaide. Yes. Did you just see, though, that how disappointed would you be going to those games sitting on the boundary mm. of an AFL ground? Not can't and shit. And it's still 30 metres before the sideline yeah, of, the, of the NRL ground. You're looking at it going, man, it just doesn't make sense. There's so much grass around. Because I remember going to Broncos games at QE2 mm-hmm. was the same sort of thing, right? Yep. You had the athletic track around. Yep. If you're sitting in a northern stand, even if in the front row, you're 50 metres behind yeah, the try line. That's right. And I'm just exactly. watching this going... Seriously, we've taken yeah. this to Adelaide. I get it, but an experience for the fans is they're so far away. Yeah, and in Adelaide, they even know what was on. I seen some. <laughs> I seen some. I know news coverage can be very narr- narrative based, but well, you, you choose who you interview. Yeah, right, and you yeah, choose who like, goes to air. But yeah. really, why would you take it to Adelaide? Take it to North Queensland. Yeah, take it to. Central New South Wales, take it to where your fucking fan base yeah. is. And I even get Melbourne because Melbourne has a team. It does. Yeah, and Melbourne's right. they'll support anything, right? They'll go and check it out. They've got a venue there that they can do it in that includes the crowd. You know, it's like yeah. Amy Park to yeah. do that. Exactly. But, yeah, I don't get it. I think it's – um, was it, is it, um, is it the NRL? Someone wants to take their opening round to, to the, the US. USA? Yeah. NRL. Oh, fuck off, idiots. idiots. You, you can't even grow your sport here no. between states and you're like, let's go to – and that's like the yeah. V8 supercars. Let's go race in China. Yeah. Let's go – we want to do a round in they Singapore. Did, they did a round in Texas, V8 yeah. supercars. Yeah, like, yeah, there was yep. all of six people there and they never went back. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, but I think the NRL want to go to the USA because I think the NRL like waving their cocks in their breeze about how tough their sport oh, is. we don't wear – look, these boys don't wear helmets. We don't exactly. We, yeah. Yeah. And they just want to go over there and be the center of attention and wave their cocks in the breeze about how tough they are. Yeah. It's not, not going to grow the sport. Though. It's not going to grow the sport. Yeah. It's definitely not going to grow the sport. No. You know, look, like, look at the numbers of people who, yeah, AFL games here. Like oh, Gold dude. Coast was sold out the other day. At yeah. The all the Collingwood supporters are there. Mate, but guess what? <laughs> they were there, weren't they? Yeah. That's and right. then the Gabba. Gabba yep. is almost like full every, yep. every round. Yep. Exactly. Yep, yeah. it's crazy. A- yeah. AFL is doing great. They're talking about a third team. They're talking about a North Queensland team. For the AFL? AFL. Oh, yeah. that's good. It needs to be up near towards um, Northern Territory, I feel. Um, we had a MetWest con- um, carnival for Monty um, under 12s, 10 to 12s girls and boys at the same venue at Maroochydore about probably three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they brought a team in from um, Thursday Island, Cook Islands, all the way up through there. So, yeah. like, some of these kids had never been to the mainland. Right. And then they'd, you know, so there's obviously government grants to get them and out of these communities, they bring them down, they play in a rep side. Yep. And one of the girls made the Queensland rep team for 10 to 12s. Oh, brilliant. And she's, like, from a community of, like, 100 people. Yeah. Um, and it was just there's really been a couple good of North, Wasn't Alice Springs game recently? Mm-hmm. In the That's what I'm saying. We need to put that team 
so it's accessible yeah. from both ends. North it's hard. Queensland. It's hard though. I mean, yeah, if they put something like into Darwin, you're not going to have the crowd numbers, the no, population. But that's if you right. went to maybe Cairns, yeah, um, yep. and yeah, I mean, even but, but even from people coming from W, you know, not WA, um, from Northern Territory, that's still a long way. It's still a long way. Yeah, right? it's hard. It's, hey, it is, it is. But yeah, I mean, there's talk that you know the Tassie team's not going to get up because the people of Tassie don't want a stadium. What? Mm. Are they fucking idiots? Yeah, they go. Well, they don't. They don't want their township or where they want it. You know, they don't want to have a massive stadium put in there, etc. Like well, that. I've got and two the grounds AFL's there. Going, no stadium, no team. Well, I've got two grounds there, but that they could upgrade. Well, that's what I don't understand. Once again, why wouldn't you? I mean, you know, elbow dick swinging exercise down there in Tassie announcing this thing, but yeah. and there's been such a backlash from local politicians, locals, you know, just general public. Everyone's smashing the idea. Fuck. I, Read the room. If you've yeah. got, if you've got, was it Bell Reeve Oval and yeah. something else down there? Just go and invest. Like, because I know the AFL's going. If they don't have a stadium, where are But, but realistically, even if you go to Tassie, hmm. right, you just want something with thirty thousand capacity. That's all you need. Look at all the other teams. Look at Geelong's ground. Yeah. it's not a hundred thousand. Look at no. the Gabba. It's thirty thousand. That's right. Right, like the Gold Coast is not a like. So why? Yep. Why not just upgrade something? And especially when down there they do have it. You know, they have cricket. They have well, one day. So that's right. Yep, upgrade an existing ground, mm-hmm. and and yeah, once again use it as dual purpose AFL cricket, yep. cricket, and use an existing established yeah. one that might get the people in Tassie on you know because you're going down there saying look we're not going to build a new stadium what we're going to do is improve the facilities of an existing yep. one and that's where a Tassie based team will be yeah but no government's gone in we're going to spend ridiculous amounts of money we're going to redevelop this area there's no public transport or anything in there to service it wow. nobody wants it. But we're going to do it, and we'll go do that as a joint announcement with the AFL. Mm. Just fired back on there. Um, so they're talking about scrapping it. Yeah, they're literally saying. I AFL, didn't know that. No, the AFL is saying no stadium, no team. Wow. Well, the AFL are big enough to do that to the government, aren't they? You know what? I think I think the AFL need to be put back in their place a little bit. Mm. I don't know. Um, and let's get back to the IndyCar story for a second. This Queensland government used to spend because there's no way IndyCar would come out here. But the Indi- mm. in, um, Queensland government spent over twenty million a year mm. thirty years ago, a lot of yeah. money. Yeah, to get IndyCar, they paid all their freight costs and all of these other things to get them out. Otherwise, yep. it never would have happened. Right? Yeah, that's right. Now, I mean, you maybe say, look, you know, IndyCar was pretty big at the time. It, it, you know, like every time I went there, it was packed. Yeah. So the return to the economy. But it's the yeah, and it's also like the um, the global. <laughs> Um, marketing for the tourism. Gold Coast. Exactly. Tourism. Promote yeah. the tourism to the US, yeah. right? Yeah, great yeah. ad campaign, $20 million a year. Yeah, great return. But, you know, you're turning around now and you're just so uh, the AFL's in a unique situation with their AFL grand finals, with the gather round that they mm-hmm. had in Adelaide. Governments are throwing money at the AFL. Like the mm-hmm. AFL's almost like saying, hey, if you want us to, through COVID, you want us to host the AFL grand final, we'll have a bidding war. Yeah, they did. Right? Yeah. But if you want to host an event somewhere, nobody ever comes to, you know, look at I mean, it doesn't make. Commercial yeah. sense. It's like you know, if you're the AFL and you've got a product, you go and lease a grant or do an agreement with them. But they're past that. I know. It's to the point where the government's where literally the... going, we're going to chuck millions at you guys. Yeah, you need to come play here because all of my people want yeah. you here. But then who gets the money still? The AFL. Mm-hmm. Through the ticket sales and everything. They're mm-hmm. still like, it's like, <laughs> I'm just sitting there going. Conflict fucking, of interest. Fucking, exactly. They, they own Marvel Stadium. If you yeah, guys want to go do something, yeah. go build yourselves another stadium. Go develop. Mate, they could build another 100 stadiums with the bankroll they've got. Well, the MCG was basically built by Collingwood. Yeah. Collingwood fans, right? All of those memberships and years and years of development. And yep. This is the thing. But then we're in a situation where other governments, you know, they'll turn around and go like federally going, oh, we'll build a stadium down there for you, AFL. Yeah. 
Oh my God, what a gift. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. Look, I mean, that's yeah. a great sport. I love love AFL, but I just sit there back yeah. sometimes and just go, you know what? If you can't play in Melbourne, because mm. I don't think the Melbourne government give them any money to play no, in the AFL grand final. <laughs> the Melbourne's MCG. like, you can't have been here long enough. Correct. So, so why would the Queensland government turn around and go, look, you know, yeah. especially COVID when no one can travel, yeah. we'll, <laughs> we'll pay you guys $15, $20 million to play your game here. Mm. I know. You know. The AFL should have been going, fuck, we can't play in Melbourne. Yeah. Gabba, can we come and play there? Yeah. Can we do it here? Or you know, Optus in WA, can we play there? But yeah. it was the other way around. I know. People I know. <laughs> because the AFL Grand Final will never come out of Melbourne again. I think it's locked up there for another 50 years. Oh, mate, it's just... So yeah, in our lifetime, we won't see another AFL Grand Final outside of Melbourne. No. And the netball's the same. Like, you know, yep. my wife and I caught the netball down there, and it's, I think it's an Adelaide and Sydney team playing in Melbourne this weekend. See, that's bullshit. Yeah, why not? Like, I mean, and, you know, netball's a grassroots yeah. thing. Like, why does not that played in one of the cities of the team that's That's right. The, the, playing? The, yeah, that's what the <laughs> AFLW does. Whoever wins the um, the, uh, the pre- minor oh, premiership, the minor premiership yeah. get, and if they make it to the grand final, they host. Yeah. Done. What a great idea. So yeah. you imagine you've got Adelaide fans, and look, you know, we haven't even touched it on about you know, cost of living and mm. how that's still going on and, and whatnot. But yeah, you're now in a situation where you've got Adelaide fans and people in Sydney. They're all going to Melbourne. Their, their teams yeah. are in, in yeah. Melbourne. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Melbourne wins again. Maybe we need to um, start Greyhound buses again or something. <laughs> they still exist, mate. Yeah, no, I did see one the other day. I was going to say, I saw mm. them, you know, on my, my trip, did see a mm. coach, a couple of coaches. Who the fuck gets on a coach these oh, days? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Yeah, anyway, uh, another story for another time. You got a joke to end on? Oh, a joke to end on. Um, geez, you've put me on the spot I now. Have. If not, I'll get one. I'll get one. I'll get one. Um, I'm doing a quick search now. Ah, uh, um, oh shit! Got I had one. Oh, we got dead air. Come on, I'm brilliant. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Dead air. <laughs> <laughs> the episode of the Ted Shed that you're now listening to is brought to you by Big Papa's Pizza. <laughs> Big Papa's Pizza. No, I, I think I'm out on a joke. Um, yeah, no. Nah, yeah. Nothing. Okay. Oh, I've got one here. Okay, uh, good. My GPS told me to turn around. <laughs> now I can't see where I'm driving. Fuck, <laughs> that's a dad joke. It is. No, I said it. Well done. It's actually from Dead Jokes. At yeah. Dad Jokes on, oh. um, on Twitter. Yes. No, not Twitter. Sorry. Instagram. Insta. Yeah, there's there's a few. Look, I'll, I'll just give another one because they're so bad. I've got to give another one. Um, uh, <laughs> I told my therapist I can't get the grease soundtrack out of my head. She said, "Tell me more. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more." Oh my End of the god! Show. Good yes. on you. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Catch you next time. <laughs> 